Welcome back. It is Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. I told you we'd be right back. And we have another great special guest. It's Dr. Richard Heppe. He's a urologist with the Urology Center of Colorado. Dr. Heppe, how are you? Just fantastic. Thanks so much. Well, I'm glad to have you on Mile High Magazine because September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And there's a couple of big events we're going to talk about. But for those that don't know, let's uh, get right to it and talk about prostate cancer. Probably more men worry about this than women, I would think. But it's something to be thinking about, isn't it? It absolutely is. And and frankly, I think, uh, you know, many men don't really uh, pay a lot of attention to their own health. So really, it's oftentimes the women in their lives that uh, pay more attention and, and want their men to get checked so they can keep them around as long as possible. Well, that's true. It is. And in my case, it is my wife. She said, you know, if you have an ache or a pain. Are you getting that checked? Oh, I'll be all right tomorrow. No, go get it checked. It's not, exactly. That's got to be. So talk about what is prostate cancer. So the prostate is a gland that uh, is in the pelvis, and all it does is help uh, help keep us fertile and, and so we can propagate our species. But it actually has nothing to do with um, any other bodily functions, just that and uh but it can become cancerous, just like any other tissue in the body, your skin or liver or pancreas or whatever. And how many men get diagnosed with each, each year with prostate cancer? It's actually quite common. Uh, they say up to one in every six men can get prostate cancer. It's actually the second biggest killer of men due to cancer uh, after only lung cancer. It actually kills more men than colon cancer. Really? I had no idea. I thought it was more of a slow-moving type cancer, and depending on what age you get it, you maybe don't worry about it as much. Right. So it is a slow-moving cancer in many men. So many men who get it uh, don't actually have to have aggressive management, Uh, but there are aggressive forms of prostate cancer that um, is a significant public health issue. So at what age do you start getting that checked with your urologist or maybe your regular uh, doctor, because both probably do that. I go to a urologist. But uh, what age do you start? Sure. So the, it, it depends a little bit on how what kind of risk you have. And if you have any family members, you know, father, brother, uh, uh, uncles that have prostate cancer, that means you're at increased risk and you should start getting checked earlier. Also, African-American men are at higher risk. So those groups should be start getting checked at about age 40. Otherwise, if you don't have any significant risk factors, then you can start getting checked at age 50. And as I mentioned, if you were to come along and get prostate cancer, let's say you're 60 or in your 70s, is that more of a concern or less of a concern? I've heard it's less a concern when you get older. So as I say, most patients who have prostate cancer do have a slow-growing type and uh the you have to risk stratify when you're diagnosed and and you know what's your life expectancy do you have any other comorbidities but younger men can get aggressive prostate cancer and older men can get it as well so you you don't really know until you've been diagnosed and you know what kind you have and is this kind of a the prostate gland is that should be checked every year or every couple of years does your age play into that yeah sure so the uh, again if you have risk factors, uh, if you have a family history or African-American, you should get checked every year starting at age 40. Uh, most others uh, every year starting at age 50. And then, but once you get to a certain age, like say mid-70s, um, oftentimes you have other risk, other um, comorbidities that are going to shorten your lifespan and, and probably is not as important at that time to 
continue to get screened for prostate cancer. So what about, uh, what do you do about it? What what kind of treatments are out there? Because it seems like there's some really new things on the horizon coming up based on what I just read. Yeah, sure. The uh, treatments for prostate cancer have really been expanding over the years. Uh, just since I've been in practice, we've dozens of new treatments. Uh, you know, it ranges anywhere from doing just keeping an eye on it, what's called active surveillance, which we do for a lot of men who have low-risk prostate cancer, uh, to make sure it doesn't get uh, more aggressive through uh, chemotherapy or radiation therapy or surgery. Uh, and there are a variety of forms of radiation therapy. There are a variety of uh, medications that can be used. It all depends on what stage the prostate cancer is, how aggressive it is, uh, and that tailors our treatment. And is there some kind of um, indication you might have something going on? Do you feel pain or some discomfort, or is it just kind of happen? Right, and that's a common misconception, Murphy. The uh, uh, most people who get prostate cancer have no symptoms at all, so they're always very surprised. It's like I had no pain, I had no issues. So most of the time, prostate cancer is a silent disease, and you don't know you have it until it has progressed uh, quite widely. So you really want to get. That's why it's important to get checked because if, if you you don't you're not going to know if you have it in most cases. And the uh, does it start with the most men, and I do this every year too, is get that PSA screening, that blood test you do every year to see what your levels are? Right, exactly. The, it's a very simple screening process, just a blood test, blood drawn out of your arm, and a quick physical exam. It takes 30 seconds. Yeah, it's pretty easy. And then you go see your urologist, and that's always the kind of time you get a little worried. If and 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 I don't I don't understand the numbers, and I try to get them out of my urologist. Explain the numbers involved with your PSA screening for men that maybe don't understand it. So the PSA is a it just stands for prostate specific antigen. It's just a chemical that's made only in the prostate. It's, it's specific to the prostate. And all prostate cells make PSA, but prostate cancer cells make more PSA than, than normal cells. So a normal PSA for most most people is less than 4.0. And uh, so if it's higher than that, that's a concern. But you also have to see what it does over time. And that's one of the values of getting checked periodically is that if your PSA starts at 1 and then it goes to 2 and then it goes to 4, it's doubling each time. And that, that's a concern. Yeah, it definitely is, and you uh, get that checked every year, like I do. And it does. It, it's amazing how much it fluctuates. And what causes that fluctuation? So there are a variety of things that can cause the PSA to go up and down. Uh, you know, if you, uh, frankly, if you take the same blood and run through the same machine twice, it can come out with a little bit of slightly different numbers. What's called laboratory variation. Uh, but you know, if you are if you have a viral illness or if you have a um, you know sexual activity uh, in the hours before the procedure uh, of getting the blood drawn, then that can affect it. So you're right. If you checked it every day, then graft it out, it would look like a sawtooth. You know, the PSA would be bumping up and down a little bit, not a lot. So. That's what, again, looking at it over time, if you see a gradual trend, then that's something that you can rely on. And then the next step would be, and I've had this done, too, you have a bit of a biopsy on it to determine what is really going on? Yeah, exactly. So if your PSA is concerning or, or your physical exam is concerning, 
then the next step usually is to do an ultrasound of the prostate and a biopsy, which is used as a spring-loaded needle to get a core tissue out of the prostate. And that can tell us for sure if there's cancer or not. And that actually is the only way to know for sure if there is cancer present. Now, there are other tests that can be done, tests on the urine, tests on the blood, uh, MRI scan. There are a variety of things that you can do to look at the prostate, evaluate it, and uh, assess you know, what's the likelihood of having cancer. But the only way to know for sure if you got it is to do the biopsy. Yeah, and that's not a bad procedure. You think, oh, my gosh, that just sounds – it's not so bad, is it? Yeah, you know, it's it's not going to be on anybody's top ten list of things to do. <laughs> but it's, it's actually, you know, pretty innocuous. It takes just a few minutes. Uh, it's uncomfortable but not excruciating. No. You get up and you go home and you get on with your day. So, um, you know, it's like a lot of other things in medicine. Uh, people don't like – like going to the dentist or going to have different things done. But this is just, you know, it's a common health problem. It's a significant risk to a lot of people's, you know, life expectancy. And if you want to stay around and be on the right side of the grass for as long as possible, it's important to to keep an eye on this. All I can tell you is that I'm a sissy, and I didn't mind it so much. So, <laughs> all good for you. So, I advise other men to kind of step up. We're uh, talking with urologist Dr. Richard Heppy from the Urology Center of Colorado. I've been told, and of course, you hear a lot of things in my business that diet, your diet, might have some effect on your prostate success. Is that true? Yeah, Murphy. There's a lot of different things that have been looked at with prostate cancer, and it, but it's a little bit hard to know for sure. We do, we do know that prostate cancer is more common in Western countries like the U.S. as opposed to Asia. Now, one of the things that they think is the reason for that is our high-fat Western diet. That you know, a lot of red meat, and in Asia they don't they eat far less red meat and they have lower risk of prostate cancer. Of course, there are a lot of other differences between living in Asia and living here. But we do know that people who move from Asia to the U.S. within a generation, their risk for prostate cancer is the same as if they'd always been in the U.S. So we think that this high-fat, you know, a lot of red meat is probably a significant risk factor. And sometimes you have to have that prostate removed. Is that correct? And does something replace it, or you right. just live without it? Yeah, so you can just live without it. The um, prostate gland, the only thing it does is to make fluid that helps sperm fertilize an egg. So it's got nothing to do with erections. Has nothing to do with urination, um, but there are a lot of important things around the prostate, which you know the people talk about risks of having the surgery or having radiation therapy and the potential side effects. It's all because of the surrounding tissues that can be affected. Uh, but you can live without your prostate. The only thing you'd have is you'd be infertile, wow. uh, but it would have no effect on any other function. And, and what kind of care do you recommend for men? Uh, is exercise a, a, an advantage? To a healthier prostate? So, uh, you know, everything that's been shown to be heart healthy is also prostate healthy. So regular exercise, being uh, normal weight, not being overweight, uh, you know, don't smoke. The um, uh, So these are all strategies that are, uh, you know, are effective in, in improving survival. And so regular exercise absolutely is important. Yeah, smoking, though, that seems kind of bizarre that that would affect your prostate, but I, if you say it does, I believe you. Well, smoking, it's more of a uh, what's going what's gonna to improve your survival uh, overall. And there's no, smoking is not 
hasn't been uh, identified as a risk factor for creating prostate cancer. But in terms of survival, once you're diagnosed, yeah, smoking is, you know, that's an important thing that you should, you know, if you smoke now, stop smoking. Stop smoking. Because, For anything, yeah. you should stop smoking, I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's number one. <laughs> that's and, true. And frankly, you know, a lot of people worry about sexual dysfunction with treatment for prostate cancer, well, smoking is a significant risk factor for for erectile dysfunction. Wow! So if you don't, yeah, if you want to bring, you know maintain your sexual activity, stop smoking. Good point there. Now we mentioned September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, and on the 18th of September is the annual Blue Shoe Run. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So the uh, Urology Center of Colorado Foundation has been uh, in existence since 2008. And we, our main fundraiser is this 5K run that we do in September called the Blue Shoe Run. And the only uh, thing that we raise money for is prostate cancer research. Uh, and uh, we're very efficient. We don't have any paid employees. Everybody's volunteer. So all the money that's raised goes to prostate cancer research. And we've raised over a million dollars so far doing wow. that. Our goal this year is $100,000. And uh, it's a great event. Uh, you know, people hear a 5K run, they go, well, I don't run. You don't have to run. You can walk. You can just hang out. There, we have uh, music, free food, and free beer, and it's just a, a really good time and a really great cause. And where is that event? We, we uh, are right outside the build- our building, the Urology Center of Colorado, which is just on the north side of the Bronco Stadium. And we start and end in our parking lot, and we go around the stadium and around that neighborhood. Very nice. That sounds like fun. So how do we register? How do we sign up? We better start doing that. Yeah, so you just go to blueshoerun.com, and uh, it's easy to register. You can register right up to the day of the event. Um, um, you may not be able to register online the, in the final days before the event, but uh, you can come and be and show up on the day of the event if you need to. Uh, a lot of people put together teams and have, you know, if you're a prostate cancer survivor, or you have somebody in your family with prostate cancer, you can put together a group of friends and family as a team to help support your loved one and help uh, uh, raise money for a great cause. Great idea. Uh, Dr. Richard Heppe, urologist from the Urology Center of Colorado, thanks for that all you do, and thanks for going on Mile High Magazine today. Thanks so much, Murphy. I really appreciate it. Good talking to you, too. And okay. good seeing you guys, too, on Mile High Magazine, and we'll check in next Sunday.